0: touchdown! Fell into the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown!
2: Big return for Crowder! 85 yards! Darnold escapes, trying to buy himself some time, fires, end zone, it's caught! Incredible play by Donald. Hill will immediately, yes. when he got the handoff, you know and the q Oh my gosh!
0: Listen, thank you.
2: From the
3: TOJ Digital Studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet 1. And it's time for part two of the mailbag. So we bring in the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com. And of course, above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. And with that, let's jump right back into the mailbag. Next question comes in from Jesus de La Paz Jr. He says. With Doxson opting out, does that give Cager a realistic chance to make the roster? The thing with Doxson that's interesting to me is that everybody knows his name, but I never thought he was any kind of lock to make the roster anyway. So I don't think him leaving is that big of a deal from that perspective. But yes, I do think that him being gone gives Cager a better chance. I don't know that it necessarily proves that cager's is going to make the roster and take Doxson's spot because I don't know that Doxson was going to have a spot on the roster. But with Doxson out of the way, it certainly gives Cager a better chance because there's less competition.
2: Yeah, I just on a personal, I, I I'm happy that Doxson opted out for him. I'm glad, like he he felt that's what he needed to do. Cool, I'm good for that. But I I I'm upset, and disappointed about this because Doxson was somebody I loved coming out of college, and I watched him closely. Uh, followed him closely in Washington to see how he would do. And he had a lot of injury uh, problems, some bad luck there. And then he'd have a couple of really good games. And so I was, was really looking forward to getting to watch him practice you know, up close um, and, and see what's there. But I agree with you. Like as much as I loved him coming out and do think that there still could be some untapped potential to him, I, you can't. I can't sit here and say that he was a lock to make this roster even while acknowledging that, you know, he had the ceiling to do it. But yeah, I mean, uh, just on its own, look at the rest of this roster. There, there's a spot there to be had. Uh, there, there is a roster spot for Cajun to, to have. If he want, if he can earn it, if he can play his way onto this team, the spot is there for him to take. He has every opportunity to, uh, we'll have to wait to see how it plays out and how he looks. But it, it's there. And it, it was there with or without Dotson, but with Dotson gone, it, it's a little bit clearer of a path. Um, that they, they, We just talked about it a couple questions ago. This is not a uh, top-heavy group. It's not a medium-heavy group. It's not a bottom-heavy group. It, they're not deep. Uh it, they've really got one guy who you know you can count on and that's Crowder and that's it. So the opportunity for Cager to claim his stake uh as a part of this team is there for him. It's just gonna be up to him to show out during training camp.
3: Next question comes in from Michael Palace He says, In the event there aren't enough players to fill seven rounds of the draft, I know it's highly unlikely, but it is possible. Do you think the NFL would shorten the draft or cancel it outright? Now, what he's talking about is because of everything that's in flux right now, who would get the extra eligibility, who would actually want to be in the draft. Because remember, if you get that extra year of eligibility and you didn't have a chance to play this year, odds are you're going to want to play because if teams are going off of tape from two years ago, there's a lot less likelihood that you're going to get drafted high. So if it's somebody like Gregory Rousseau, or Trevor Lawrence that's a different Story because those guys are definitely Going to be picked at the top of the draft but if it's Somebody who's maybe projected to be a second-round pick or a third-round pick or a fourth-round pick. Maybe they don't want to enter the draft. Maybe they want to go back and try and produce better tape. It's an interesting question. I think they'll have plenty of players for the draft, but this is just another one of those scenarios that I don't think anybody really thought of, and I don't know exactly how they're going to handle this, and I'm pretty sure nobody else does either.
2: Yeah, they they absolutely do not have any idea yet uh are are they going to try to do a spring league of some sort uh i've been thinking about this a lot too like what if like you know basically anyone who was is projected to be like a top uh three round pick like in the first three rounds they basically just skip but what if the other ones played in a spring league and then maybe they weren't able to join an, uh, the actual NFL roster to like halfway through the next I don't know. This is There's too many moving parts, and even the idea of if they can play a spring league is so far away. Um, what I'll tell you is is this, though. I The NFL's not moving anything. They're just going to keep going. They're just going to do what they do, and they're just going to adjust um, – they're, they're not going to move the draft date. They're not going to sh- uh, shorten it uh, unless they just – the only way that I can see them shortening the draft is if they just have, like, not enough players enter the draft to have a seven-round draft. Um, I don't think that will be the case. But, I, I again, I don't know. This is so so weird because there's probably somebody who right now who maybe could have gotten, like, a – fourth or fifth-round grade last year who's probably still just going to say, I'm not going back. And maybe they get uh, stuck and cemented with that and they're not able to play their way up to a second or a third-round pick. But they also don't have the uh, downside of possibly playing themselves out of being drafted. So – and, again, this is – essentially – it's impossible to predict what groups of people or, and teams are going to do here. I certainly can't predict each individual player. It's just, I, I can't, I don't, I still don't know when I'm showing up to practice, how, what days of practice yet. And that's starting in a couple of days. Um, there's just too many unknowns and we don't, it's, I just can't see the NFL really, Adjusting their schedule for anything, they have shown that we are going to stay the course and we're going to stick to it. They have talked about not wanting to push back the draft of the season next year, uh, this year uh, and I just don't see them doing it. I think they'll, will have, to, they'll just keep adjusting and assessing right before they have to make a decision on something, and then they'll just run with it.
1: Play like a Jet. Play
3: like a Jet. Next question comes in from Michael Christopher. He says, In your guys' opinion, what's more important, an all-pro center or an all-pro strong safety? So would you rather have a prime Jamal Adams or a prime Kevin Mawai, Nick Mangold? Also, would you be opposed to drafting a center with the second first-round pick the way that the Jets did when they drafted Mangold? For instance, Creed Humphrey. Although I do know that center is not a premium position, also, last year it was reported a team made a huge offer for Quinn and Williams at the trade deadline, but the Jets turned it down. Do you have any insight on who made the offer? Was it two first-round picks? I'm guessing it was the Raiders or Colts since the Colts traded for Buckner this offseason and gave up a one. Let's start with the first part of that, center or strong safety. I'd rather have the all-pro center because especially when you're talking about a team that is hoping to build around a quarterback – All the top flight talent you can get on the offensive line is what you want, and yes, I would consider using that second first rounder on a center if they see one that they like, because again, let's remember, Connor McGovern is a very capable guard in addition to being a very capable center. In fact, he started his career in Denver at guard so if they were to draft a center that they really loved like for instance if they'd gotten Caesar Ruiz this past year they could move McGovern at any time because it's not like they're locked in at guard right now with Van Roten and Alex Lewis on glorified one-year deals as for the Quinn and Williams part of this question I don't know for sure I always guessed it was the Raiders just because I know they have a lot of draft capital and I'm pretty sure I remember reading how Mayock really liked Quentin Williams. And obviously, they could use a player like that. So I think it was probably the Raiders, but I don't have any specific intel. And as to what the offer was, I don't know. It does sound like it was pretty hefty. I don't know if it was two first-round picks, though, because I think Joe Douglas would have strongly considered that, if not outright taken it, because seems like he's really all about getting those draft picks. It probably was more like a first-round pick at that, Point you're thinking to yourself why would I trade the number Three overall pick from this past draft To get an unknown pick That could be way lower Than than the number three overall pick and most likely would be i don't think it was the Colts, by the way because i asked george bremer about this and he said that he's pretty sure they inquired about leonard williams but didn't like the price so if they didn't like the price on leonard williams they certainly weren't going to be giving up a ton for quinnon and as we saw they did give up one first round pick but it was for one of the best players in the entire league I don't think they were going to be making some sort of blow you out of the water offer. So I would guess it's the Raiders, and I don't think it was two first-round picks. Maybe it was a first-rounder plus, but I have no information on that either way.
2: Yeah, so I would take the center, the all-pro center, over the safety as well. Um, And again, I must point out how heavily biased I am towards secondary um, and safety, uh, people do not value safeties as much as I typically do, but I'll still take the center. And especially if you give me someone with all pro physical tools and all pro mental aspect of the center. Center is a, another position that's vastly more important than people want to give it credit for. Uh, you don't necessarily need to be the best athlete uh, at center to be great, although that obviously helps when you're looking at somebody like Kevin Mawai, mm-hmm. which just completely changed uh, the game as far as athletic centers go. Um, but so much of his mental, getting uh, the quarterback set up, making sure that they're seeing the same things, another set of eyes, making sure everybody on the line is set and knows exactly what they're supposed to do. And if that's the center of the line can't hold if that guy can't block he's uh, that's going to be a big problem for the quarterback and going to be a big problem um for the line to hold up and give him any type of time and protection uh so i i definitely go the all pro center there uh as far as the the thing i don't think it was the colts either uh i don't know this for sure but i do remember uh around the time I was sniffing around and basically I, I didn't have anything completely confirmed, but I had enough people tell me, wink, wink, it was the Raiders mm. that I feel comf- comfortable saying it was the Raiders. I do also remember at the time uh, people saying that I forget exactly the way it was phrased, but it was like a huge offer for Quinn and Williams. And some and people were telling me huge is a little bit of a stretch here. There, there was a, a a solid offer for him. You know, I, so it was like I, I'm thinking probably, like you said, a first round pick and maybe, you know, a, a mid round pick or something thrown in there. But it wasn't there. It wasn't uh, two first round picks, uh, a third round pick and a player. It wasn't that. Um, but from ever, my understanding it is it was the Raiders. I hadn't had it completely confirmed, but it was enough. Uh, Insinuation from enough Different people that it, it was The Raiders
3: Next question comes in from JP Waxer He says now that the Rangers started off The Boston cycle of good luck What's the Jets move that kicks this Off for them? Becton coming out of the Gate strong, Darnold taking the Leap, a great trade, a new Coaching staff, what will it be? Maybe the great trade Maybe the Jamal Adams trade was what starts It, maybe they take those picks and Turn them into something really awesome I really don't know it could be any of those things hopefully they follow in the Rangers footsteps though I'm not a big hockey guy but getting the first overall pick in any draft is definitely a good thing I don't know when the last time the Rangers would have had the first overall pick was in fact maybe they never did I have no idea. But that certainly is a positive. And then you look at the way that the Yankees are playing and some of the weird upsets that the Nets have had, Chris. So maybe some stuff is starting to break New York's way. I'll say this, though. If you had to pick one of those things, it would be Darnold. If you're a Jets fan, that's what you want more than anything else is you want Darnold to take that leap and become... An elite level quarterback If you could pick anything off of that list That's what it would be Now granted you would love to see Becton Come out of the gate strong You would love to see those draft picks Become awesome You would love to see a new coaching staff At least right now If Gase proves us wrong then fine But as of now many of us would love to see a new coaching staff But above all if you had to pick the one thing That would help turn the Jets around It's Darnold no question
2: yeah, that's that's the easy answer, no question. The only tricky part of it is like you know the Beckton uh, Becton and Darnold are, are kind of tied together there. Like uh, it's it's hard to envision Darnold just going and uh, having this huge crazy uh, season without De- Beckton having a good se- uh, rookie season as well. Um, but yeah, you you, you take Darnold, um, it's especially and this year. It, Listen, if Becton comes out and struggles this year, but Darnold still plays great, who cares? Like, literally, who cares about Becton? Because you can just write that off to this season, not having the full off season to prepare for this season, him being a rookie. Um, it, 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 he could come in and really struggle this entire season, and I'm still not going to say, like, be writing him off for the future. I'll still sit there and hold out hope that going, having a full off season next year and then getting a custom and then being able to play. Um, So that, that's the answer. That's the really the only answer because if everything else is good, but Darnold's uh, you know, continues to struggle or just falls off, then you're right back to square one of now we need a quarterback again. So that's, that's the only answer here. Um, And, you know, I I still think we're going to you're going to get improvement out of him. The question is how much uh, how much improvement and then uh, is this team around him good enough for him to uh, improve as much as he possibly can this year?
1: Going to
3: find out soon enough, but fingers crossed he does make that leap. And as you said, it becomes the first of many things that turn the tide for the Jets. I hope that the Rangers getting that first pick was the beginning of this, as you called it, Boston cycle of good luck. And if it is, then maybe we start to see some things happen for the Jets, including Sam Darnold taking that leap. Chris Nimbley of JetsInsider.com, the very big deal. Thanks so much for joining me for this mailbag. The final one, by the way, before we begin training camp, this is going to be the weirdest training camp that you've ever covered, but I'm sure you've still got plenty of things up getting us ready for it, right?
2: Yeah, I have some stuff up there now. Practice starts soon. Um, actually, by the time you you guys will be listening to this, so have started technically, but it won't be full practice. Um, I do think uh, – just a little update. I do think we will be able to tweet during practice now. Um, so I know I said the uh, last time I was on that they were saying that we probably weren't going to be able to tweet at all during practice. And now we're being told that we'll probably be able to tweet just normal uh, t- training camp restrictions on that. So once the practice starts, you'll be able to get your training camp updates and tweets from me. Uh, you'll be able to watch all that unfold and, and hope. It, hopefully you feel like you get to kind of see it. And then I'm going to do some adjustment to my training camp coverage here because we're not getting to talk to players in person because we're not getting – they, they'll talk about trying to do some zoom one-on-ones, but I don't even know. I, I'm i going to focus a lot less on quotes from players this training camp. I'm going to go, I'm going to watch the camp. I'm going to watch the practices and I'm going to report and tell you guys what I see. And that is basically going to be the, my focus here. So I'm going to go to drive to floor park. I'll watch the practice. I will drive right back home just 10, 15 minutes away. And then I will write up my report on the camp. Um, I, you know obviously if somebody says something we're talking about, I will write on that. But for the most part, I'm just going to be focusing on what I see on the field and translating it and uh, for you guys to be able to read and listen to. So uh, I'll have plenty of that coming up as it, it's going to be starting soon.
3: Focusing on the nuts and bolts That's why you are the very big deal Make sure that you're following Chris on Twitter At CNimbly And reading his very big deal work At JetsInsider.com If you haven't given us a 5 star review on iTunes yet If you could go ahead and do that for us We'd really appreciate it Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money But it goes a long way to help us out So if you could go ahead and do that for us We would be quite grateful And for the latest the greatest The New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go Let's turn on the Jets digital and turn